Hi, this is Bryson Stott, first-round draft pick of the Philadelphia Phillies, and you're listening to the High Hopes Podcast with James Seltzer and Jack Fritz. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! Another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Uh, we get to get excited about two or three again, Jack. It's too early for a yo that loud. Yeah, tired. I know. It is early in the morning. Uh, we were planning on is recording. This our first, is this our first morning podcast? I think it's our first morning podcast, Jack. I think what, if I had to guess, I know that I'm a morning person. I get going pretty quickly, guessing you are not, if I know you pretty well. Why? Is that because of... Slightly overweight. <laughs> overweight people can't be. Why do you have to go there? Um. Well, listen. I. I. I kind of just feel like you're. A, you're an all the time high wire guy. That's, I don't think it matters. This morning. It's not not like true. A, I'll say that. Yeah, I know. Like I, I. Like Zoe's probably like just trying to sleep, and you come in like wake her up all excited <laughs> about something. So honestly, I feel bad. For, I feel bad for the kid. Honestly. Yeah, most people do. I think that's a pretty. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty fair thing to say. All right, Fritzy, l- let's uh, let's dive into this. As uh, look, man, <laughs> this Phillies team is the the we're back. I just I I the amount of of we're out, we're back, we're out, we're back. Do you ever remember a team that we are? It's it's August thirtieth. It's about to be September. We're about to be in the last month of the season. They're in it. They're right there. Do you ever remember a team that was so hot and cold? No, I mean, like last year's team wasn't even this this weird. It was like last year's team was pretty good and then just fell off the, flat, uh, the face of the earth. Um, and then, I, I mean, like during the runs, I don't know, like the 09 team wasn't very good for most of the regular season. And then they kind of figured it out and, and went on a little bit of a run and obviously made the World Series after they got Cliff Lee. Um, but I never experienced a team that I know is bad. But it's also in the playoff. Like, <laughs> it's a good way to put it. They're not. A, they're not a very good baseball team, but they're also in the run. So we're gonna get behind them, and we're gonna be excited for a little bit of a, a wild card fever in South Philly. Um, but they, they're just now they're fighting with their fans. It's it's this team <laughs> just has it all. I was not of all the narratives I was expecting for the end of the season. Phillies versus their fan base was not one I was expecting, Jack. I did not see that coming. No, but like, like if you're a player on that team, you're just you're just frustrated with like it's only negative when you're talking about the Phillies. Like, like imagine imagine you're on a team and you're in a playoff run the entire season. You've been in first place in your division, and whatnot. Like you're in a playoff run, and you know you're not that great. But like the entire fan base is just <laughs> negative about your team. Eventually, it's starting to wear thin, and this week. It broke. Everyone <laughs> everyone broke this week. Well, yeah, you could say that. Let's dive into that. Let's let's start there, I guess. Obviously, they do take two or three from Pittsburgh and an exciting win on Monday night. It was a frustrating game, but ultimately they came out on top as Sean Rodriguez, his welcome to Philadelphia moments moments. Moments as he hit the homer. That was one. But then my man, my man, comes out and uh, you know, calls families entitled. Maybe not the best approach. Look, I think, and, and we'll dive into what Sean had to say, um, and also in his apology what he had to say, but what's your overall take? It seems like you're kind of more on the, 
you understand where he was coming from side. Yeah, I, I think the the thing the Sean Rodriguez thing got blown way out of proportion just because he said the word entitled and like that was rather wrong. Probably <laughs> rather wrong word to say. All it right, was definitely, definitely wrong word to say. Word. He was an idiot, like, dude. Like, come on. I know. Realize the I know, position here's, you're in that you've made twenty two million dollars playing baseball, and people go out and work their asses off every day to be able to pay to go watch you play it. Uh, here buy we go. jersey. Yeah. No, but seriously, like it was. It was just. I, I'll get to my my full point on Rodriguez, but it was he was incredibly stupid. I don't think there's any way you could say he wasn't. His words were stupid, but I really appreciated what he did. Actually, like I I think. I think what people are just totally missing here is that it's clear that Reese Hoskins is is down and it's clear that Reese Hoskins is frustrated with with how his season's gone and obviously Reese Hoskins is in a major slump and Reese Hoskins is someone that we need to be our four hole hitter on a championship team if this team's gonna be a a World Series contender. Like we need Reese Hoskins to be our four hole hitter. Is he capable of of being a four hole hitter? I'm not sure. And and these last couple of months have, have waned my confidence in that. But what Sean Rodriguez was trying to do was he was just trying to he was trying to stick up for Reese Hoskins because Reese Hoskins has been hearing it from fans and for the most part of Reese Hoskins' career he has been a good player for the Phillies that is mired in a long slump and what he was trying to do was send a message to the fans and and the fan base like yo I've been in this I've been in this game for a while I've been around great players Reese Hoskins is a great player. He's going through a tough time. Just just back that guy and, and trust that guy and let him figure it out. And and I think like I, I, I almost respect him in a way for doing that. Like he basically sacrificed his own perception in this city. He's getting booed on doubles, which is crazy. He's getting booed in 12 three games because of what he said. But what he was doing was was backing up his teammate, and that shows how good of a teammate, and shows why Sean Rodriguez is still here. Like the like everyone's like, oh my God, Michael Franco, why why is Sean Rodriguez still on this team? Sean Rodriguez is still on this team because last year this team crumbled when they had no veteran leadership in that locker room. They did not have good clubhouse culture. And what Sean Rodriguez does and does bring is a clubhouse culture, accountability. And and just a, like a guy that's been around the game and, and is going to bring that level of, I guess, accountability up. I don't know. But what he was trying to do was was just try to stick up for his teammate. And it's unfortunate that he said the word entitled. I think he just I think he came out and was like and, and approached the resources thing different and didn't make it about him. It would have gone way better than it actually did. But I appreciate what Sean Rodriguez was trying to do, and I, I just if we're if we're still gonna boo him t- this weekend, I think it's embarrassing. I just think it's embarrassing to the entire city to continue to boo this guy. He kind of apologized. Um, the entitled word was stupid, but honestly, I, I just think that he was trying to stay up for his teammate, and I think that's cool. Ah, uh, this is some real Sean Rodriguez love coming here. I was not expecting this. Look, I, uh, I <laughs> I'm of two minds on this. Uh, first of all, I just I, look. I agree with you. The booing should stop at this point. He apologized, and whether or not you accept the apology, he did come out and say, "Listen, I was wrong." But I mean, look, I, I I hope that was the intent and and whatnot. But I mean, he was an idiot. I'm sorry. Like he deserved every boo he got that first night. He did. I, I mean, man, like you got to be better. You've, you've been, you're 34 years old. You play baseball for what, 12 years? You made $22 million playing the sport, a kid's game. Like, you got to be better, man. Like, that's part of the job description. You play in Philadelphia. Like, 
just be better. And I understand what you're saying, but look, he could have so easily come out and said, hey, guys, listen. You guys, you guys have every right to do what you want to do. You pay money to come out here. If you want to boo us, boo us. If you want to keep us accountable, keep us accountable. But I'm just telling you, as someone who's in this locker room every day, someone who knows the players on this team, this is a particular group of guys who are going to respond better to positive support. If you encourage them, that's what's going to get them to play better. That's what's going to motivate them. Booing them, honestly, is just hurting things. So you can do whatever the hell you want. Like You, you have earned that right. It's your fan base. It's your team. Go crazy if you want to, but I'm just telling you... Trust me, I'm here, I'm in this locker room. We are a team that if you encourage us, we will play our butts off for you. If he had said that, there's no issue. I think if he had said that, people would actually step back and say, wow, what a what an interesting thought. You know, what a philosophical discussion point there. Like, yeah, maybe there are human beings who respond better to encouragement rather than booze. I'm one of those people. I know that if you're my boss, I'm going to work way harder for you if you treat me well, if you encourage me, than if you crap all over me. Like, that's just how I'm wired. So, I get it. And Spike Eskin. Yeah, listen, Spike, if you're listening, which we know you're absolutely not. But if you Definitely are. Definitely not listening. But if you are, uh, yeah, that's, how I, that's what I respond to. Treat me good, buddy. But, like, I get it. That's me. I totally get it. I just think he went about it so, so poorly that it just submarines his whole point. And it's like... It's hard to come back from that in the eyes of the fan base, but I do agree with you. I think at this point, look, and it was kind of a half-assed apology. He did kind of still stand by his point, and he tried to make it a love over hate thing, which, I, look, again, I think that's... Like, Sean, you just punched a cooler two years ago. Like, like, you know, like <laughs> Love over hate is a little grandiose for what we're doing here, but look, I do. I get. my point is I understand the point he was trying to make that this is a group of guys who is going to respond better to you encouraging them rather than booing them. And if he had just said that, I don't think any of this is an issue, Jack. Yeah, I just think I think that I think he was trying to be the voice that Reese Hoskins can't have because Reese Hoskins is the face like one of the faces of the franchise and Reese is always good with the media, but I can just I can just tell that in that locker room they're just down with the negativity or whatnot. And yeah, I mean, sure, when it's an emotional moment, when you got Dave Uram asking you questions, it's hard not to get a little flustered. <laughs> yeah, intrepid reporter. Shouts to Dave Uram, man. That guy has been uh, he's been down at Novacare, at the Phillies clubhouse, asking the tough questions. Oh, uh, the tough questions. I love it. Um, intrepid, um, intrepid reporter so, Dave Uram. That's my guy. Yeah. Yeah, so Sean Regas is probably just really flustered. He saw Dave Uram asking the tough questions, yeah. and he's like, "Ah, man, I'm gonna get real emotional right here." Um, <laughs> so, so um, yeah, it's just he. I, I don't. Like, I'm not saying that I. I. I don't think what he said was was dumb. Like the entitled thing was stupid and just a wrong choice of words. But I. I just think we can look at it from another level, right? I don't think we have to look just strictly on the surface for what he was saying. I think we can take it to another level and just understand kind of the next level of where he was coming from. So um, ultimately, like if, if it bonds that locker room and, and kind of gets them on a roll and um, that's a, that's that could be a good thing. So uh, it was weird. Just a weird couple days. The games almost didn't matter, even though they won 12-3 and dominated. Crazy. Yeah, the games uh, almost didn't matter. Yeah. It was secondary, and it, uh, I thought actually your uh, spinning this off. I, I thought your your former boy until you stabbed him in the back and bailed on him, Joe Giglio, had a really interesting 
philosophical point about this, saying essentially, like, yeah, 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 Sean Rodriguez, he shouldn't have said that that was stupid, but is there a point with this team where there's no joy with this team anymore? Like, there's a team that, and it really hit me hard because I've definitely been part of this. I've definitely been someone who has gotten really upset many times this year, and justifiably, I feel. But it was an interesting point from Giglio saying, like, hey, this is a team that is in a playoff chase. They're going to be in a playoff chase to the end of the season, and yet they constantly get nitpicked. They're constantly getting derided. There's nothing that seems to be good enough. Um, it's a really interesting philosophical point, Jack. You and I have talked a lot about, like, when are people going to be on board? Is it going to be a, a week left in the season? And everyone's going to be like, ah, freaking Kapler, and they're like a game up in the wild card. You know, I could see that happening. It's it's such a strange feel for a season. So I do think that when Giulio said that, that did hit me as like, yo, there's a, there's 30 games left in this season. If you're going to be in on this team and, and try and have fun with it, which is, uh, again, the whole point of the whole thing of being a sports fan, um, I mean, it does feel like now's the time to kind of start to just say, all right, you know, maybe they've disappointed. Maybe they've had some horrendous losses, but maybe it's time to say, all right, F all that. Let's let's go. Yeah, I mean, I think I think almost Philadelphia has to get to a point to where it's like we're no, we know they're a flawed team. We know they're not very good, but like they're in the run. Like they're in a run, and why why not just get behind them? Why not just get behind this team? We we know they're not. We 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 put out the precursor that they are not a very good baseball team. They do not have a good enough pitching staff. Their bullpen is now kind of showing some some cracks. I'm shocked the uh, the the Jared Hughes, Mike Morin, I mean, I Blake was, Parker. I thought it was Lock City. I mean, you know, it's as good a bullpen as you could ask for. Yeah, I'm shocked it's kind of falling apart oh, a little bit. Oh, so man, man. Well, yeah. Mike Moore is still good, but everyone Mike else is just there's an okay bullpen that doesn't have that much talent. But but now talent, Jack, it has zero talent again. Just to harp on this bullpen thing for a half a second, Hector Neris and Jose Alvarez are the two most talented most talented pitchers in this bullpen right now. Think about that. Every single guy you counted on from David Robertson as your closer, Sir Anthony as your go-to fireman in any situation, Tommy Hunter, Pat Neshek, Adam Morgan, all the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning guys you thought you were going to have coming into the season, not a single one of them is pitching for you right now. So, yes, it is a, a group of cast-offs, and, the, and the, what they've gotten from them already is probably more than we could have expected. Oh, for sure. I mean, what we've got out of Mike Morin is, is is downright shocking. So, um, yeah, it's just that they're not a very good team. We know they're not a very good team, but why not? Like, like they, they've just been, I don't know. I don't know how the rest of the season is going to play out. I feel like the Cubs are kind of starting to get hot. Starting the Bills are, what, hot. two and a half games out? Yeah. Um, and they, they might just fall out of this and, and whatnot. But like it beats, it sure beats bad. It sure beats not having competitive September baseball or or something to watch for every night. Like I enjoy going home and, and turning on games at seven oh five. And yeah, I know they're not a very good team, but they're in it. They're technically in it. And I don't know. It's uh, I don't know when people are gonna get behind it. I wonder if they're you know two games out with two weeks left to play, and everyone's like, well, let's go, like whatnot. Uh, I don't know if that's gonna get people to jump started, but I agree with the overall point. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think, uh, and again, I, I accept my own responsibility in this. I have been right at the front of this at times. We both have at times, but um, you've been a little bit more willing to go all in than I have at times as well. Uh, but I, I think it's time. Look, it, again, there's only 30 games left, and, and I am a little worried about the Cubs. 
Um, we do have a a Met squad limping to tap. Yeah, I hate to say it. Six straight losses. Unfortunately, three of them were to the Cubs, or four of them were to the Cubs. So that's frustrating. But uh, nice to see the Mets falling out of it, if nothing else. But yeah, look, uh, it's a good point. The Cubs might get a little hot here, and maybe they're not in it till the last day of the season. But they're going to be in it till the last week of the season. You know, they just are. And uh, you know, maybe they won't look. <laughs> As I say that, I start thinking about the Braves and the Indians and the Braves and the Nationals and that whole schedule they got coming up. So you never oh, know. Yeah. They could they could fall out of it. But um, right now they're in it. Right now they are. Yeah, more often than not playing at least competitive baseball uh, with, like you said, not a great team. So I'm with you. I think it's time to get in. All right, let's look back at um, at the Pirates series of this, uh, you know, not a ton to take away. We already talked about the Rodriguez walk-off. Anything else from game one stand out to you? Uh, game one of a, the vaunted Pirates series. Um Oh, that was the Sean Rodriguez walk-off game. It was. And that was when Reese went 0 for 5. <laughs> Not oh, great. Yeah. Um, I, well, I, I like, I like he's you, already I, out of his slump, Jack. You didn't know? You didn't hear? Right. Uh, I like watching Sean Rodriguez. Or I, I like watching uh, Jason Vargas, I mean. You like watching Jason Vargas. Wow. Yeah, he's good. He's, he's, good. he's, 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 he's the definition of solid. He just will go out. Yeah. He's going to give you a six inning somewhere between two and four. Okay. Very okay. Very okay. The quintessential number two starter you want, right? No, that honestly, this, what makes this whole thing more frustrating than it has to be is that, like, I think the Phillies' offense has, has picked it up and they've been a good offense since Charlie's taken over, and I think that they could be good enough to carry this team into a, into contention, um, but they gave him nothing at the deadline, and I think it's I think it's super frustrating. Like. Every time I, I want to get in and want to buy in, I have to remember that Drew Smiley is my number three, Ugh. Jason Vargas is my number two, Vince Velasquez is in there. Like that's what's so frustrating about this. That's another thing that's so frustrating about the Phillies team. Like I think they could get back into this run. It's just that they have nothing in the starting rotation. Like just nothing in the starting rotation. So um, yeah, it's 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 frustrating. Um, but at least Jason Vargas is good, and they're probably going to pick up that option next year. He's probably going to be like, if he can just be their number four, number five, like, that's not the worst thing in the world. No. Look, uh, Jason Vargas as a five is fine. Again, he's he's their two right now. He's fine as a five. He is, um, again, if he can go out and give you six innings, two earned, three earned, whatever, I mean, that's that's great. That's fine. I, I just, I look, the bigger issue is you don't feel good with any of the other guys. Like you said, it's Smiley, it's Velasquez. It's, you know, Eflin, and Eflin obviously had a nice start in Miami. I definitely need to see him do that more, going back to what he did before. Just, you know, I, yeah. great, cool. Vinny has, you know, had that disastrous start in Miami, but otherwise has been solid, you know, for the last month or so. Smiley's been the real disaster, which brings me to a point, and we've talked about this before, but Jack, and I know it's probably because it's not September 1st yet is the answer, but... Why is Spencer Howard not in this rotation? Why? I I, I can't come up with a, a single, not one, not even the like, oh, they could damage him if they bring it. Like, there's nothing. There is not a single reason that Spencer Howard is not pitching for the Phillies right now, in my mind. Well, well I mean, sure there is. I mean, he's made like five starts in, in double A. Who cares? He's better. You're telling me he's not better than Drew Smiley right now, Spencer Howard? Yeah, but it's about, is it about this season or is it about the future? What's it going to hurt? Is how is it going to hurt him? You can bring him up in September. You're not any sort of like you know uh, service time issues. 
What what's the downside? Is he going to come up and get bombed? I mean, like Mitch Keller's getting bombed for the Pirates. You know, I don't think his career's over. I, I like I don't know. What is there any way that that Spencer Howard doesn't give you more of a chance to win than Drew Smiley right now? I mean, I I think so. Um, but he's thrown like thirty innings and double. I don't know. He's thrown thirty innings in double A. He's still not. He's still not like perfect. I don't know. Yeah, I think he'd be better than, than Drew Smiley. What? But are we gonna rush Spencer Howard up here and just put him in the rotation and for a, for a possible playoff run? Why not? Why not? Why? Like, what else is there? I, I'm serious. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, sure, in a perfect world, Spencer Howard, you don't need to bring him up. What are you gonna do? You're gonna roll Drew Smiley out there and try and make the playoffs? Like, do you want to make the playoffs or not? That's what it comes down to. If you want to make the playoffs, you're giving Spencer Howard a chance. You are. I mean, I mean all these other. Te- I mean, like, tons of teams bring up prospects to help them with playoff runs. Usually, it's in the bullpen because you know, like AJ Puck getting called up by Oakland, stuff like that. Like, but. This is a team that doesn't have starters. Like, why wouldn't you? What What's the downside here? What? Like, I really don't get it. Do you think? Do you think that if they brought Spencer Howard up and he got you know bombed that that would hurt his development? Is that Is that what you think? No, I just I just don't know if he's a complete finished product. I don't know. I don't think I don't think he's done as a prospect well, yet. I mean, I listen it, for for entertainment for entertainment value, sure. I'll bring him up, but I I, I don't know. I just so I would like to, I would bring him for the bullpen. You're you're saying you're not sure he's a better pitcher than Drew Smiley right now is what you're saying. No, I, I think he's a better pitcher than Drew right. Smiley right now. Like, so so what's the loss here? We're talking about a one for one. You're taking one guy you can put in your rotation who will be a better starting pitcher in your rotation for you than the other guy who's in your rotation. Like why wouldn't you yeah, do but, it if you're trying to make the playoffs? Yeah, but I think I'm better than Drew Smiley right now. So what's but, the outside of that? Again, like okay. I'll rephrase. Is there a better option in the organization right now to be the quote-unquote fifth starter or whatever you want to say that, that to replace Drew Smiley in the rotation than Spencer Howard? Uh, do you want my honest answer? Don't say Nick Pivette. I will murder you. Has not a lot of hit in AAA. God. <laughs> I can't tell if you're being serious or not. That's the problem. I can't tell. Hey, man, if you want to bring up Spencer Howard, cool. I just – I. I, I think he I listen for I would love to see Spencer Howard. I'm not I, I just I don't know if, if if throwing in a guy who's thrown who's coming off a shoulder injury who just got a, the double A five starts ago has thrown sixty some innings this year and just putting him in the starting rotation in a in a pennant chase like that just sounds like a lot honestly it just sounds like a lot. If you want to do it, fine. I don't think it'll mess up his psyche. I don't think he's a finished product yet. I just think that's a lot of a lot of workload for a guy who's coming off an injury, only thrown seventy one innings this year, and obviously he's talented, but he's not like a world beater or whatnot. Like he may not be like Dustin May or whatever. I know he's in the Dodgers bullpen, but, but sure, sure. If you want to bring on Spencer Howard, bring on Spencer Howard. I don't see the, the the super super downside to it. Yeah, that that's really all it comes down to for me is like, what's the downside? Again, I know there are some people who believe that players coming up and getting beat up can hurt their psyche. I'm not one of those people. I've never thought that way, whether it's hitters or yeah. Players. I just I don't get that. Like I never got it. I, I never got it. I, like unless the, the only thing you can't do is you can't do what they did with Don Brown, where it was up, down, up, down, oh, up, girl. down. Like if you want a guy, if you bring a guy up, just let him finish the season, like what they did with Kingery last year. That's why I'm glad they never sent down Kingery last year, is because he has to develop, he has to learn, he has to go through the struggles of it. I never, if you listen, either you can play in the major leagues or you can't play in the major leagues. And if you, if you get up there and you struggle, that's fine. And the mentally tough guys figure it out and, and come back better than ever. And the not mentally tough guys go back to AAA and yeah. go to the bullpen and then maybe have the initials NP. All right. So uh, let's get back to the Pirate Series. Game two, 
Speaking of which, Drew Smiley, not great. Uh, Wait, can they give can they give Spencer Howard number thirty four? Like, I feel like at number thirty four is like an ace number. Well, I mean, that's the Roy Halladay number, so probably not. And it's the Jack Fritz High School number. Uh, most, horses. More important. And horses, horses. <laughs> um, smile, like man, uh, Smiley. The the experiment is over, as far as I'm concerned. He's just not good. Nope. <laughs> Good stuff there. Um, what about the, the, the he's big, so bad? He's so bad. Like he is just he can't get out. Um, what did you think of the Reese error and all that? Did you have any like macro thoughts on it, or he just missed the ball and it happens? Um, yeah, he it clearly sunk on him. Like it was like like, like Gore definitely gripped that. It was like a, like a two seam fastball, and I'm pretty sure it had Derek low level sink to it. Yeah. Um. Because it just went, it just like moved the last second, went right off his glove. I mean, you got to you got to catch the ball, but um, uh, yeah, it was un- it was unfortunate it, because yeah, it, it definitely sunk on him. Yeah, it was a bummer. I mean, that was and it was a game defining play. Any other thoughts from game two? Not much there too. Uh, it was nice to see Adam Hazley bounce back. Yeah, um, nice I was worried about Adam Hazley kind of going into a tank here, and um, you know, ever since they ever since he got shipped out in San Francisco and um, was like physically in the airport, but then got called back. He's had like three hits, I'm pretty sure. Um, so it was nice to see him kind of get two hits in that game and kind of bounce out of it and get him going a little bit. The Logan Morrison home run was awesome to see. He could be a really big bench bat down the stretch here. I like Logan. And, uh, and uh, yeah, Corey Dickerson continues to rake. So, But it was it was just nice to see, to see Adam Hazley kind of bounce back and, and get out of his little bit of a slump. Corey Dickerson's so good. Like yeah. he's, he's just good at hitting, you know. It's like he's just one of those guys you watch him hit, and you're like, all right, that guy's good at that. Like, if it, obviously he's had issues staying healthy and all that type of stuff, but Corey Dickerson's a hitter, and he would homer again in Game Three, twelve to three. Jack, the Phillies actually put up some runs in Game Three. Speaking of Mitch Keller, Mitch Keller, a top fifty whatever prospect in baseball, has been absolutely just torched so far in the majors, but. Um, I was happy the Phillies got the opportunity to torture him in that spot. Nice to see the bats get going. Everyone, every single starter had hits. Uh, Rees, where you at on Rees? Obviously has been just mired in the worst lump of his professional career, much less major league career. Um, maybe breaking out first two hit game, what, since July 27th, July 24th, something absurd like that. Um, Three years. <laughs> first two-hit game as a major leaguer. <laughs> so what do you think about Reese? Where are you at? I, I, like, I know it's just one game, and I am firmly in the it's just one game camp, but did you see anything positive where you're starting to say, all right, maybe, maybe he's breaking out of this? Uh, yeah, he went to right field. <laughs> it was it was back to back games where he drove a ball off the uh, off the right field wall. That's massive. If if Reese Hoskins can get back to doing that, that that's going to be massive for for Reese. So he so he goes the opposite way, drives the ball, keeps his, keeps his shoulder in, and and takes the ball the other way. Like that's that's huge for Reese. And I, I don't think people are giving um, Gabe Kapler enough credit for for moving him down to four in the lineup. Um, and for everyone that says, oh, he doesn't use his eye or whatever. So in the game before um, game two, I guess, he, uh, he had a couple of balls that were barreled up. And Gabe said after the game, like, I feel like he's about to break out of this. And he was using his eyes. He wasn't just sitting there on spreadsheets. And, and, and he moved him down the lineup and put him in the number four hole because he saw him uh, start to make good contact. And you can kind of, like Reese is, I think Reese is coming out of this. I think he's, I think he's definitely going to 
help more than he has absolutely killed the team last month. So um, it, it seems like he's getting the barrel of the ball. It seems like his his swing has been leveled out a little bit. Um, so yeah, no, I I think it's a really positive sign for Reese and putting him back in the four hole. Hopefully, he can be that anchor to this lineup uh, for the rest of the season. But it's it's good to see when when Reese can just focus on on going to the opposite way and going to right field and not having half the plate cut off, that's massive for him. And uh, we saw that twice this series, which is good. So uh, I think Reese is coming out of this. I, I hope you're right. We've talked a lot during this slump about him being someone who does kind of have the ability to swip, switch the flip a little bit, someone who can make adjustments yeah. and, and kind of just be okay. So, uh, look, we've talked a ton about how the offense has to carry this team if they're going to make a wild card run, if they're going to get into the playoffs, if they're going to – win a game or two or whatever. Um, and obviously, I think that if you could just... Look, Harper's been really... I was going to say really good. Harper's been great. Real Muto is finally really starting to heat up. Corey Dickerson keeps hitting. I mean, the, the lineup's been all right. It's it's that one guy who's a, who's a should be such a major part that has been such a massive hole. If Reese can turn this around, if he can be not even like superstar, super hot Reese Hoskins, if he could just be like normal Reese Hoskins, the guy we know, I mean, I don't think there's a single thing right now with the team as it's currently comprised that can make a bigger difference over the stretch run. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. I mean, Bryce is doing him. Bryce is definitely back. Uh, Real Muto has been unbelievable. Corey Dickerson is just a professional hitter. Those guys are going to be good. Like, I, I feel good down the stretch knowing that I have Dickerson, Real Muto, Harper all going. Uh, Segura has been fine for months now. Um, Kingery has been back since he's been out of the leadoff spot. Adam Hazley seems like he's coming around a little bit. It's really Reese. Like, if, if Reese can drive in those guys... It, uh, it changes everything for this Phillies team. So I, I totally agree with you. Massive series coming up here, Jack. The Mets coming to town. The Phillies, obviously, as we all know, like have had such success against the Mets this year. And, and it is a Mets team that's limping in off six straight losses, but also a Mets team that, for the most part, in the, you know, whatever it's been, month and a half since the Phillies have played them, have played much better baseball on the whole. Where are you at with this series? Obviously, Nola going tonight in the first game. How do you feel about the series? Obviously, we know they have to, they have to take two or three. It's a, a, everything to take two or three, and, and obviously, you hope they sweep them. Where are you at heading into this Mets series? Ah, uh, I, I feel good. Um, I think the Phillies are just a good home team. I, I, I just think they play better at home um, in front of the title fans, and I just think that if you if you get this team at home, I trust them much more than if they're on the road. Obviously, but I, I, I think the Mets are better than they've played in this this, this little six game losing streak like I, like Pete Alonso just set the their, their rookie home run record this week in August um JD Davis is a monster that offense is going to be tough to tough to put out for consistently over this weekend um 2 3 is massive and they're on Sunday night baseball on Sunday which is nice i think it's an Eflin start they go what they go Nola Vargas Eflin yeah originally um, it's going to be Nolan Eflin Vargas and it, we were going to have the Sunday night Vargas Stroman battle but they flipped the guys the Clentac Bowl? Clentac Bowl. That's great. I love that. But not going to happen. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel good. I don't I don't want to take too much into the uh, Mets losing six in a row because I don't think they're playing as bad as that. Um, so I don't want to overlook this Mets team and think they're living in here because I think they've been playing better. But I'm excited. It's it's the biggest it's, – it's a, it's a real good old-fashioned Mets-Phils September – showdown and i think that's cool been 
a long time, Jack, since we have one of those. It's pretty awesome. I'm, I'm a big 2011. Fan. Definitely yeah, 2011. Definitely 2011. That is crazy to think about. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm super excited. I feel good. I think obviously they match up well with the Mets. We've seen that all year, but um, I feel good. I feel good with the Mets coming to town. Uh, big stretch here is they have the Mets, then the Reds, and the Mets again, and then it gets really hard over that last yeah. month. So it's a big stretch of games here. Like if they're going to make some noise and, and catch up on the Cubs, and again, the Cubs actually have to lose baseball games for that to happen, but if they're going to, this is that little stretch here where I think they need to do some damage. All right, Fritz, note bag. Note bag. Can they re-sign Corey Dickerson? Uh, this has been a great. A it's, thought- yeah, it's been one of the big questions, you know, because he's been so good. Yeah, he's been really good. Uh, the thing is that you have McCutcheon coming back from injury next year, and it's like, well, we're gonna put a we're gonna put a thirty one year old Andrew McCutcheon coming off of ACL surgery. No, thirty three year old Andrew McCutcheon coming off ACL surgery. So you can't play center field every day. Um, Corey Dickerson, like, do you put him in? Do you put Corey Dickerson in center and and have Andrew McCutcheon in left field? And if and if Kutch can play, if Kutch can play center for a little bit, then then Corey goes back to left. What do you do with Adam Hazley? Um, it's 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 interesting. It's going to be a huge offseason decision. I just don't know what they're going to go with because because I think he's really good. I think he's a professional hitter. I think he's added a a good um, level of professionalism to that locker room. Um, I enjoy watching him play. I just, I just don't know if, if, if he is in their plans. I don't know if they can keep him because, because he's a free agent. Obviously, he's going to go elsewhere. And like, I just don't know what they're going to do with Andrew McCutcheon. I, I, it's, it's a real interesting uh, uh, problem the Bills have here. Yeah, you know what they need, Jack? The DH what? in the National League, Fritz. Let's go. Let's Ugh. go. Such bad, so I mean, bad they, baseball. Oh, really I hate funny. it. Andrew. Like they. Like you could make an argument that the Phillies are are among the teams most ready, if you wanted to just bring it in this year. Like I mean, oh, they need it. It's uh, it's perfect. I mean, between Rees and Jay Bruce and this Dickerson thing and all that. I mean, like it solves a lot of their problems. <laughs> it really does. I know you hate it, but are you a Phillies fan or a National League baseball fan? That's the real question, Jack. I know it's a really tough uh, position <laughs> I'm in right now. Um, I love NL baseball. I know. I know, I know you do, uh, and I, I'm also thinking. I'm also thinking about the JT Realmuto extension. I mean, because I don't think he's going to be able to catch until what? he's 33. Dude, it's such an interesting situation because, like you said, like he's he's what 29 now or about to be 29 if he's not 29 already. I mean, how many years? Especially for a guy who who's such a large part of his value is wrapped up in his defensive ability. Yeah, I mean he. Uh, I think Russell Martin got the same kind of contract around this time, and it was like four eighty. Um, so I think he's probably gonna get like four four one hundred. So I I don't know what the uh, real muto real muto extension is gonna look like, but yeah, his defense is obviously. I mean, teams keep running on him. I don't get it. It's but insanity. It makes zero sense. I mean, he's, please keep I doing. Think you, I saw you put this. I, he is the. Um, He's been the best defensive player in baseball by most metrics this year, which is which is yeah, not just grabs, the best yeah. catcher, like the best defensive player in baseball is a real the most the most valuable defensive player in the game. I mean, that's a that's a really it's a hell of a statement, especially at the most important defensive position in the game as well. So I'm at I wonder how good of a I, every time he makes a throw to second base, I always wonder how good of a quarterback he probably was. Like every oh, throw is yeah. right on the money. Well, and also. Like, you 
I, I mean, like catchers and quarterbacks throw from the same arm angle too. Like you know, like obviously like third baseman, shortstop, wherever you'll, they'll kind of have more of a you know out sidearm type of thrower where it's more towards the side. But like catchers have to throw from the ear. Like that's where you get it up and you pop it up from the top. That's the same type of like throwing motion a quarterback has. It's a much closer throwing motion than a shortstop or whatever. Yeah. Yep. So that's an interesting point. I'll bet you. I'll bet you JT could sling it. All right, Fritz. Final oh, thoughts. I'm sure. I'm sure. He's, I'm sure he's super accurate. Um. Uh, I have I have a couple. Uh, one more. Uh, one more. Uh, bag, then final thoughts. Notebag thing here. So Buster Oni on quick, Baseball Tonight quick. said that Garrett Cole is going to be asking for six years, two twenty five this off season. <sighs> Give it to him. Yeah, sign it. Just do it. Uh, by the way, really quickly, I love your distinction between notebag and final thought. That like. You care whether it's a notebag item or a final thought item when it, you could have yeah, just said you could have just said added it to your final thoughts because you'll do multiple final thoughts anyway. I respect that about you, Fritz. You respect the sanctity of the final thought. The final thought is a thought. This is a notebag. <laughs> can you please? Can you please figure out the difference? Well, That'd it matters. Be great. It matters. All right, I agree with you. Just pay him six for two twenty-five. Done. Lock him in. Yeah, I mean they. Talk about a team that needs Garrett Cole. The the Phillies, if you want to go into next season with Jason Vargas as your number two again, go ahead. I'll pay I'll play Garrett Cole whatever it takes. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You have to bring in Garrett Cole. You don't have a choice. Yeah, just like last offseason with Bryce Harper. The Phillies have yet again painted themselves into a corner when it comes to having to go get somebody. <laughs> so, great. Yeah, they maybe develop some talent for yeah, once. but you know. You know. What the hell? In the meantime, you, what the hell have you been doing for four years? But sure. Yeah. In the meantime, you know, just pay Garrett Cole two, six years, two twenty five. <laughs> Why not? All right. Final thoughts. Um. All right. Fine. I'll. I'll now I have. Now I have two final thoughts because right. one just popped up my screen. Thanks to to Bob Wankel from Crossing Broad. Tonight, the Phillies will attempt to reach the seemingly unreachable as they attempt to go seven games over five hundred for the first time since mid June. James, <laughs> they are. They are 0 for 10 when going for this since June 19th. <laughs> yeah, I have um, I have seen this as it's kind of progressed, and uh, I didn't realize it was 0 for, for 9. I knew that they had really been struggling to get to that 7 over 500 number. So, look, uh, yeah, they got the best guy they could possibly have on the hill to try and do it. Yeah. All right, and then my, my real final thought is that, like, Bryce Harper – his turn into uh, just the leader of the Phillies. And we've, we've talked about this a lot. We've talked about how this is the first time he's really been relied upon um, as the leader, as this is his team. And you're kind of seeing it now. Like he was the first one out of the dugout with the Corey Dickerson homer. He was giving him like a let's go. Uh, there's been, there's been, you know, uh, nuggets from the clubhouse being like, this is just Bryce feels like this is his team. He is the leader of this team. He is, Doing all of that, and I think I think it's just really like I love the Bryce Harper's here. I just love the Bryce Harper's here. I love that dude, and I just think that like him developing into a leader, him being the face of the Phillies franchise, him being one of the faces of the sport, if not the most recognizable player in the sport, like it's all important. And the fact that he's embraced being a leader, the fact that he loves this city, um, the fact that <laughs> he named his kid Crew. Is is a is a mild shock. I mean, a crew is. A, crew? Yeah, my first thought was like Paul Crew from the Longest Yard. That was literally my first thought too. That was absolutely my first thought. 
I don't really know what it means. Maybe but he's a big Burt Reynolds fan. Yeah, big Burt Reynolds guy. So sad, I, sadly, I th- he's probably a big Adam Sandler fan. <laughs> I just I think that kid's gonna have a mohawk at the age of two. Like, oh, the, like yeah. if if Crew's not rocking a mohawk to the ballpark at the age of two, I think there's something wrong. Yeah, Crew, Aaron, <laughs> the A R O N Aaron as well, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Aaron. Like I th- I think Crew Aaron sounds like a superhero. Like I know everyone's into these stupid Marvel movies, like. That should be the next one. Crew Aaron. Crew Aaron. I like it. Oh, wait. Hold on. And by the way, Bryce Harper's number since he started toe tapping on August 14th. Oh, I saw you tweet this. 314 average, 385 OBP, 857 slugging, 1200 OPS, six homers, 13 RBIs. Is that good? That good? Uh, Pretty good. Rate and review the podcast. It makes Jack so, so happy. Uh, my final thought, I'll, I'll go to another team for my final thought. We've talked, I think, on here once or twice about it, but um, this Sunday, the Indians are going to activate Carlos Carrasco, mm. one of the best stories in the sport this season, uh, uh, diagnosed with a, a form of a treatable form of leukemia earlier in the year, um, has done his treatment, worked his way back, and on Sunday he will be returning to action out of the bullpen for the Cleveland Indians. There are a few better guys in the sport. Former Phillies farmhand, as we know, part of that Cliff Lee trade. Oh, yeah. Um, shout out to Carlos Carrasco. Like I think I've said on here, but if the Phillies uh, do what I expect them to do and find a way to not make the playoffs, I'm rooting for them. I'm in. Don't get me wrong. Sean, don't get mad at me. I, all love, brother, but I'm not expecting it. I'm hoping for it. Um, if they don't make it, I will be all in on the Indians bandwagon as I think that's a great story and uh, nice to see Carlos Carrasco back in action. So if you're watching baseball on Sunday, flip around, maybe, maybe catch the Indians and maybe you get to see Carlos Carrasco come in out of the bullpen Sunday night baseball for the Phillies on, uh, on Sunday night. So, um, you got some chance to watch some baseball during the day. All right. Um, we'll be back on Monday again, rate and review the pod. It really does mean a lot to us. It's the best way to help people find the pod and interact and all that. And, uh, um, we love you. We, we really do. So, for Fritz, I'm Seltzer. We'll talk to you later.